0: Welcome back to The Crone of Temple, Texas. On this episode, Barbara and I discuss the tension that exists between the mission of the church and how it sometimes is in opposition to the business of the church. For example, church membership and the needs of those inside the church can sometimes take priority over the needs of a community. As part of Barbara's life work of calling the church to examine its outdated practices and beliefs, Church membership and church's priorities of just getting more people in the door are in need of examination. Here's Barbara Winland reading from her Connections issue on church membership.
1: Recently, a clergy couple in their late 20s wrote me a thought-provoking email. They liked most of what I had to say in my newsletters but not my saying that the future of today's churches depended on reaching their age group. This is precisely the kind of talk, they pointed out, that turns us off along with many others of our age, Christians and prospective Christians alike. It seems that as churches decline in membership, these younger pastors explained, The focus of congregations becomes not seeking those who are lost, but getting younger people in the door because they are the church's future. The subtext is, they might keep this building up and keep this church from going under. This couple who wrote to me are also troubled by the expression, today's church. To them, it means institutional churches in their present forms many of which aren't doing what God needs done. God needs churches that are faithful, my correspondents observed, that are willing and ready to be tomorrow's churches, trusting tomorrow to God. That means, these two readers went on to say, that congregations have to be honest and ask tough questions they need to ask. Is the congregation truly existing for the glory of God and as a witness to the world? Or are we just trying to keep up a building and clinging possessively to old programs because we like them? The church needs to reach younger generations, these pastors realize, because our God is a God constantly seeking the lost, not because the future of the church depends on it. This is extremely selfish of churches. Yet, these pastors say, we experience this kind of congregational selfishness every day. The main question these comments are asking us to look at, it seems to me, and to be honest in answering, is what is the purpose of the church? They ask us to look at whether we're concerned about God's purpose are just about our comfort and enjoyment a number of years ago i read about a survey of the thousand churches whose members were asked why does the church exist 89% said the church's purpose was to take care of their needs and their families needs yet according to the bible this is not the purpose of the church if we look at what Jesus did during his life on earth, and what he commanded his followers to do, and at the various ways in which the church is described in the New Testament operated, we get a very different picture. We see that the church's main purposes are worshiping God, showing God's love to the world, and helping people to become more like Jesus and to live in the kind of community that is based on God's law of love. We may also believe that eternal salvation comes only through Christ, and that thus we need to try to bring everyone to Christ. But does accepting Jesus Christ as Savior have to mean being on the official roll of an institutional church? I doubt that it does. I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking somehow I need to address in the questions or somewhere that um, I don't see, I don't know, that saving the lost is not the way I would now describe the, pers- the purpose of the church. And to me, that way of saying it seems to have to do with uh, saving people from going to hell when they die. It means being concerned about people who are lost in that sense. And to me, that's not the point.
0: What would you say the point is?
1: I think the point is encouraging them, encouraging people to live in the way that Jesus exemplified and taught. And I don't think it has anything really to do with what is going to happen to us after we die.
0: It's not a cause and effect. It's not a a consequence of right living versus wrong living. Right. So, do you not believe that any part of Jesus' message was geared towards the afterlife?
1: No, I think I do not believe that. I don't know. I'm sure there's some things that you could quote from the Bible that sounded like it was about the afterlife. in say his speaking about a, my father's house has many mansions. I think people often see that as some kind of a description of heaven and like where we're headed if we do the right thing during our earthly life. But I that just doesn't make sense to me. And maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe it's, maybe that is important. And maybe I'll see those many mansions literally after I die, but I don't think so.
0: But are you not concerned that, okay, what if there are many mansions and now you don't have the correct belief around the doctrine of Jesus?
1: That's a chance I'm willing to take because I feel that I feel that sure about it. And as I say, I may be wrong, yeah. but I don't think so. And so I feel like all I can do now is go on what makes the most sense to me.
0: Well, I realize this is a question we should be asking somebody who's, you know, in their 20s right now, Uh, but from your perspective now looking at it, your 88 years of reflecting on church involvement and doctrine and the Bible and stuff, from your perspective, why do you believe young people aren't drawn to the church?
1: Well, I think it's probably for several reasons. One of them may be that they don't find the church's claims, the church's teaching, convincing. I think, for example, just uh, educational opportunities of all kinds have changed a lot in the years since I was growing up that uh, younger people now who have a good education have taken courses like physics in school and learned a lot about how the universe operates. And therefore, If the Church makes extravagant statements about such things, and those statements don't seem to match with what these younger people have learned, either in school or simply by more contact with the wider world, such as travel and communication and all sorts of things that we have today that we didn't have when I was growing up. And I think if all those, all of that kind of education and experience and observation has told them some things that seem to conflict with the kind of claims that the church makes about say the universe or the world then I can see why they would not be very enthusiastic about associating themselves with the church. I think that another reason that today's younger people are not responding to the church as much as some of us older ones might like them to, is that they have other needs in their life met that some of us did not have when we were younger, like just entertainment and social activities. That in the years when I was growing up, and even more so in the years when my parents were growing up, participating in the church was a big source of just social activity. And it was also partly a source of entertainment where we now can hear plenty of, say, uh, music delivered to us in all kinds of ways. That was not true in my younger years, for example, and people found it more important simply to go to church and hear music performed by a choir. That was different from what they heard in everyday life, but it's not that big a thing now. They can hear more music and of better quality and more to their taste from all sorts of other sources. They don't have to go to a church service to get it. And another reason for their not wanting to be connected with the church as much, maybe, is not seeing it do much to meet a lot of what are the obvious needs of the world, like addressing poverty and disease and all the other things that we see now that are so in need of attention just for the, um, the good of people all over the world and they may not see the church doing that much to remedy that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I realize that I'm not in my 20s anymore, but my perspective uh, as an outside observation of the church is it seems to have an unhealthy um, idolization of the church. It seems to... It seems to that so many of their activities and and ministries and even what they say from the stage, what they put on their website, is all about how do we get more people into the door.
1: Yes. And that makes some of us, no matter what age we are, wonder what's the point to that. Is that what these this couple I just spoke about writing to me, were saying about it's a selfish way to look at it, is it just we are in the door and we like it in here, and therefore we don't want this, our present way of doing in the church to fade out, we want to preserve it for our enjoyment in our benefit if we see that as a benefit and so we need to keep adding plenty of other people just to maintain it i remember that when i was one of the younger age group in my church a lot of my friends and i felt like we were constantly bombarded by the older women in the church trying to get us to come and participate in the United Methodist Women. And it just did not look interesting to us. And it seemed to us that that their main reason for wanting us was just to keep it going because they were maybe tired of holding the offices in it and felt like it was they needed some new blood in the organization and we were the potential new blood but that didn't that wasn't a convincing reason to the ones of us who were younger we would we would go to some of the meetings and find them not very interesting and uh, some of my friends my age had young children at that time and and they needed the the meetings to all be set up in a, a way that they could easily get babysitting for their children during the meetings. And yet these United Methodist Women's Meetings all met in members' homes scattered all over town. And so it was very inconvenient for the mothers of preschool children to have to take their children to a babysitter and then go back to wherever the um, organization was meeting. And we didn't have cell phones and such at that time. So if anything went wrong with one of the little children during the meeting, the mother couldn't be contacted easily and so on. So these friends of mine were trying to get the organization to change and have its meetings at the church or else have uh, groups that were strictly for young mothers, in addition to groups that had older women in them. And we tried, made suggestions like that, and the group never would take those suggestions, and it became apparent that they wanted the organization to keep on functioning the way that they enjoyed and was convenient for them, and yet they wanted new, younger people to come, so they weren't willing to make any changes in order to make it really suitable for younger people, and yet. They wanted the younger people to come anyway and do what they liked. And so um, I learned much later in life that the United Methodist Women really had some good things to offer on the national and world level, but. I never was really interested in being in these local groups for some of those reasons. And that seemed like a typical example of, of why uh, we may have trouble getting new people to come into the church, is that we want them to come and enjoy what we enjoy and what we're used to and we don't want to make any changes that will be more likely to serve their needs or serve the purposes that they see as needed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I realize that this is a, a gross oversimplification or even a, a broad stereotype, but it's as if the church idolizes itself. It yes. idolizes the church rather than, you know, a God. And, I mean, even that concept of the institutional church, there there just seems to be something that's oxymoronic about that.
1: Yes. And in many ways, the institutional church continues to seem to be designed for members' company comfort just like whatever survey it was that I mentioned a minute ago that where 80 something percent of p- people surveyed said the purpose of the church was to serve the members needs and i don't think that's the real purpose of the church i think the purpose of the church is much more to serve the world's needs and to serve the needs of all people
0: yeah we have we have in many ways flipped what what the purpose of whatever jesus's message was yes you know i'm i'm personally not somebody who adheres to the belief that we need to reclaim what the first century model of church was i know that that's a big thing that churches are trying to to get back to the way things were done and I personally believe that the church needs to embrace the 21st century and say how do we bring our message into a new world Yes. Uh, as opposed to um, getting back to you know a thousand year old two thousand year old practice of something um, the the church needs to be an expression of their pursuit of God today not a practice that was done by a a different country in a different time.
1: Yes, I think that's very true. And I think it's interesting, it's kind of ironic that today, with the pandemic, churches have had to make a lot of changes in their methods of doing things like they've had to not physically get together on Sunday mornings, at least for a while. And um, we've had to learn how to have all kind of gatherings by Zoom and other methods. And I suspect that some of those methods may turn out to be needed changes in the church. It seems to me that they've turned out to be needed changes, for example, for people who worked in offices, that for having everybody, all the employees of a company come physically to the office building every day and sit there for eight hours has turned out to be not the most effective way to get their job done
0: but even that is a very responsive you know approach yes. to something they, they responded to something that was forced upon them as opposed to pioneered the new Yes, and I think what at least my frustration with the church is is it's so responsive that it doesn't look at what what's the landscape of humanity today what are the needs that humanity is facing and how yes. can the church insert itself in pioneering that as opposed to how do we keep people comfortable so they don't leave us?
1: Yes, and how do we make some voluntary changes rather than waiting until some kind of change is forced upon us?
0: You you actually pose a good question where or a statement in here where you say that congregations have to have to be honest and ask tough questions. Let's talk about that for a second. What, what questions do you think the church needs to be asking of itself?
1: Well, I certainly think it needs to be asking what is our purpose as an organization? And is the purpose of the church different in any way from just the purpose of other groups that exist in our society. Is it different from say the country club or the uh, service clubs in the community? And yet I don't think we ask that kind of question near often enough. We also need to ask questions about the Church's official beliefs and doctrines. We need to ask, how do these compare to what is now known about the universe, the Earth? And are we making claims that no longer are credible? Based on what's now known,
0: and that I mean that I think is where we would have a lot of uh, a lot of pushback because I think people would say they're incredible claims because they're not credible. They're not they they supersede science. They're outside of physics. Yes. They're outside of what we understand with a scientific reasoning mind and and i get that like i understand that supernatural is outside of the physical and not dictated by newtonian laws but i agree with you in that the church needs to be honestly asking itself is this is this addressing the needs of today is this a claim that we can actually stand behind as truth or yes. is it something that we claim to claim to believe because we've been told to believe it for 2000 years
1: yes Yes, I agree with that.
0: I love your expression you write in here where you talk about uh, how we, we have this kind of congregational selfishness.
1: Yes, that was one of the comments from this couple that I quoted as having written to me uh, that we were selfish as congregations and I think that's very true in a way.
0: But, uh, I mean, on the other hand, caring for the needs of the people inside the church isn't inherently bad, right? It's not not that that's bad, but many churches stop when the needs of the community are in conflict with the preferences of the members. Yes. And so do you think that that causes them, well, I shouldn't even ask that. I know that it causes churches to be in this position of, well, if we serve the needs of the community, we're gonna lose the members of our church. And if we lose the members of our church, they'll stop tithing. And if they stop tithing What then, about our building? Yeah, and what about everything? our building and our yes. staff and my salary and yes. you know, there's yes. all these questions that people go through. But I think that that's, that is part of the tough questions that the church needs to ask itself is who are you serving? Like ultimately,
1: yes, I think that's very true. Uh, another thing about the the purpose of the church is um, the this couple that wrote to me that I quoted a while ago. They talked about let me see exactly how it was they put it. Something about saving the lost. And I, to me, that kind of terminology seems to refer to saving people from going to hell when they die. And I really do not see that as a purpose of the church. And yet I think I'm probably in the minority of church members who feel that way, I think a lot of the church members that I know basically feel that in some way, to some sen- in some sense, the church is about keeping us from going to hell when we die, that somehow we build up some kind of credit by being members of a church during our lifetime and following the rules, uh, believing the official beliefs that the church church puts forth, that by doing all those things, that somehow guarantees that we will go to heaven when we die rather than going to hell. And I just, I don't see that as the purpose of the church.
0: Do you see that as the purpose of Jesus's ministry? To show what it means to to follow him into heaven?
1: No, I may be wrong about that, but that is the way I feel about it.
0: And you don't feel you're playing Russian roulette with your, your eternal salvation.
1: <laughs> no, I really don't. And there again, I may be wrong and um, <laughs> I may end up in the wrong place <laughs> when I die, but, but that's the chance I'm willing to take because it just doesn't make sense to me otherwise. I think I could wrap all this up in terms of, my personal belief by saying that the purpose of the church is to act like jesus to live in the way that jesus taught and the way that he gave an example of and that That's it, really. That is the purpose of the church. It's
0: a good final thought. Does that wrap it it up enough? I think it does. It's very succinct, and I think it... I mean, it's the point of this episode is, is what's the purpose of the church? Terrific.
1: We've done it.
0: Well, as always, thank you, Barbara, for calling the church leaders to examine its priorities. When the church claims to be for the world or for justice, it needs to examine that claim when those might be in opposition to church comfort. If you've enjoyed this conversation with Barbara, please share this podcast with a friend or on social media. Barbara loves to hear from her audience, so please like her page on Instagram or Facebook or visit her website at connectionsonline.org to comment on her posts, email her directly, and to subscribe to her articles. Thank you for listening to The Crone of Temple, Texas.